and welcome to another episode of the Top Order Podcast. You're, you're listening to a, another instalment of our trip around the New Zealand provinces and tonight we're joined by World Test Championship medalist and the captain of the Northern Braves Super Smash winning side in 2021-22, Jeet Raval. Jeet, welcome to the show. Thanks, Stu. Nice to be on board. Yeah, thanks for thanks for joining us, Jeet. It's, um, I'm keen to kind of bounce around a few different topics, but... Um, I guess firstly, uh, I was going to ask you what you've been up to over the winter because I've seen a bunch of guys uh, from the domestic scene sort of going back to UK club cricket circuit now that the the world has kind of opened up. But uh, just chatting off air, uh, you, you told me about the, the little one that's arrived in your life. So I guess winter's been a bit different than normal for you. Yeah, it has been. Yeah, yeah. We had our first newborn in um, end of March. So um, couldn't quite time it right with the cricket season. Um, but, you know, it's just a couple of weeks uh, here and there. So we'll, we'll take it. Um, so yeah, we, we got to, change, um, got to spend the winter with the little one and, you know, instead of being away in the summer, um, and being a helping hand to wife, um, early doors, which was, which was needed. Um, so it was, it was been awesome winter and, um, just a real cool journey being, you know, having, having a little one to look after instead of you just worrying about yourself and that kind of stuff, but it's been awesome and, and we've loved it so far and yeah, he's a, he's a good little trooper. Um, and yeah, so that was that kept us busy. And outside of that, um, I got an accounting job at a company called BDO. Um, I've been in sort of working for them on and off for about seven, eight years now in winters, and you know, got a really good relationship where they sort of let me come in over the winter months and do some accounting work. Um, and you know, you know, keep taking my that side of my career along, um, as is also an important part of you know, part of your long term well being. Um, so yeah, it was it was fairly quiet winter in terms of cricket things for me personally. Um, so bit of few gym sessions here and there as as you do, but um, yeah, nothing nothing drastic. And so it was nice to put the feet up. And yeah, I actually didn't hit the ball for about three four months, which was first time in like I don't know fifteen years that I had hadn't done that. So it was a weird feeling, but no, yeah. nice to be definitely in, into it now and looking forward to another summer of cricket. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I can speak from experience. The baby, baby changes, changes your life, but uh, yeah, in lots of, lots of very good ways. So um, in terms of the preseason, what's it been like for, for you guys at ND? Because you guys have had loads of players away with black caps. You guys have just had the NZA stuff. Um, I see Tim Pringle's been away playing lots of cricket for the Netherlands. Have you guys actually kind of all been together at, at all really during the, the winter? Yeah, I think last week, uh, this week was the first time we all got together. Um, the final, I mean, Tim Pringle's still away in, in Australia. But um, yeah, we had a slightly trimmed contracted squad to begin with, with a few guys still being in UK and slowly filtering in. And, you know, a couple of the guys away on NZA tours. But at the same time, it gives um, the guys who are on the fringe an opportunity to come into the squad and be, be part of the preseason squad, which is, which is always a good time um, because, you know, you do a lot of fitness and you do a lot of group activities as a squad. So it's a good chance to kind of build, um, bring those young fellas in the squad and give them a t- taste of what it's like and how hard you should be working and all that kind of stuff. So in a, in a way, it's been really good. You know, quite a few new boys have come in and they've had, and they've had a chance to train with us train with those contracted guys uh, and learn from them and also see what what sort of professionalism is needed to step up at the next level so all in all I think it's been really good and now it's nice to have the full squad back together all the teams still away but um, most of us are back back together and roaring and just another part of Indy is that 
because we are so sort of widespread, you don't see a lot of the guys for four or five months of the you know, in the winter. So when you when you come together yeah. in September, Jesus, it's 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 exciting. You know, it's just like a lot to catch up on over the winter, and that kind of banter is is awesome. So uh, it's always exciting time the preseason for us, and it, it's it's gone really well. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. I mean, even thinking back to to my days, I remember you know sort of playing ND, and um, it seemed like. It, because of, I mean, I guess they've had the benefit of having so many uh, contracted, New Zealand contracted players, mm. but so many players get to kind of be in that system because those New Zealand players are away and, uh, you know, it gives opportunities, like you said, to, to the other guys. So, yeah, it must be really cool. No, it is It is a really good setup. And we're blessed that um, even in the last week before um, Black Caps are playing this tri-series, uh, Trent and Tim, oh, sorry, Trent and Kane 11 in Tauranga, they, they, they came and trained with us. Mm for two weeks, which was awesome. You know, they needed a place to train and they wanted some bowlers to face. And, you know, they, they joined our squad and it's almost like they were one of us and, you know, just blended in like they were part of the squad. So that's the real benefit of having those guys around the wider black cap squad. You know, they always come back and, you know, give so much back to the team and that's the real, real, real benefit of having them. Yeah. Nice, nice. And um, look, I know you guys have just played a, a warm-up game against Auckland. I have a reliable source that tells me that you looked in, in pretty good touch. Classy was the, the actual uh, adjective they used to I de- don't know. describe your knock. I hope Louis Louis wasn't too you... nice. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, look, nah, it was... wasn't Louis, actually. Oh, but, wasn't? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah cool. No. no. I, I actually missed the full toss, um, and Louis, Louis had a little, you know go at me for losing my eyesight and I said you know it's it's, it's you know it's our age that's catching up on us but um uh now look it was a good three days warm up against Auckland and it was a really really nice surface where most of the batters got to spend some time in the middle it was hard work for the bowlers I must say um because the surface was so good um but I guess in, in in preseason it's not a bad way to kind of you know get some always under your belt for fast bowlers or, or, or the bowlers in general and also the batters to actually spend some time as opposed to getting nicked off first or second ball and worrying about what your game looks like. So so it was it was quite nice to spend some time in the middle um, and, and looking forward to getting stuck in the next week again in, in, in the Plunkett Shield, yeah. And I noticed um, Dutchy Colin de Granholm in the lineup during the preseason game. Are you expecting to see much of him on the field? I know he's obviously signed up to the BBL, but yeah, is he planning? He's planning to play for ND outside of those commitments. Yeah, um, I think they're still working through what that arrangement looks like. But um, Colin's been training with us right throughout the preseason, um, which has been awesome. And you know, someone of Colin's experience, uh, he just brings so much to the group on and off the field, uh, more so off the field than on the field. But <laughs> um, Colin's awesome, you know. So I hope that he's available for us, and I think he is. Um, it's just a matter of working through the contract contracting side of things with the higher up and to see what that looks like. But from the player's perspective, we would love to have Colin on board. Um, he, he just just brings so much to the team, and you know, it's before he goes away to BBL. Um, if he can get in a few games for us, it'll be it'll be awesome. And um, look, before we look ahead to that upcoming season, let's take a little look back to to last year. I'm guessing the Super Smash win must have been one if not the highlight of of the year for you guys how how did you enjoy captaining that side yeah it was it was a highlight to be honest um and, and it was great fun uh, captaining the side and you know we got on a bit of a roll and then in t20 you know when you have that momentum on your side it, it, it can be fun um so it, it was great um but looking back and sort of reflecting on that um 
when we when we set out for the T20 campaign last year, we, we had no expectation of ourselves. You know, uh, I sort of got asked to captain sort of a few weeks beforehand, and it was sort of a bit of a last minute thing. And main focus for us was to grow as individuals and grow our games individually and see where that takes us at the end of the campaign. Um, and that's all we tried to focus on. And along the way, um, a few things fell into place, and you know, a few performances, you know, kind of came along the way really well. And and we had some help from you know guys like Ish Satner and Trent and Tim, and all of them played their part during the campaign. So it was this awesome campaign to be a part of, and one that you'd say you don't get too far ahead of yourself and stay in the moment, and it actually worked for us. So hopefully, we can try and replicate this year. Yeah. And uh, the the Plunkett Shield wise, the start of the tournament was disrupted by COVID. Then I think your final game was called off not long after you'd scored a, a double hundred and, and batted all day with Barat Popley. How do you kind of look back at, at that campaign for for NB? Yeah, I think again there was some progress, uh, and it's more the style of cricket we want to play, how we want to go about our cricket, and there was real progress. And you saw that with the guys getting NZA call ups, you know, Matthew Fisher, Joe mm. Walker. Um, so and then a couple of our games got rain affected. I think a game against Auckland got completely washed out, um, and then the last game we, we we're done with COVID. So I think if you factor all those things in, um, I would say reasonably good season and and some real progress. Mm-hmm. So I guess a lot for us to build on to from what we created last year and keep working on those things, and. And in domestic cricket, it's easy because every team's goal is to win three competitions. You know, no, no, no team's going to say, oh, we just dare to play. But I think it's also how do you break it down and what do you focus on? And those are the things that are important to us um, in each format, mm-hmm. each formats. And that's what we try to work on and try to sort of replicate day in, day out. And if that leads to uh, winning us some silverware, then, then we, we're obviously thrilled. But we just want to be better players and, you know, better individuals. Yeah. Nice. And um, look, 2021, uh, you mentioned silverware there. Obviously saw you also collect a, a World Test Championship winner's medal. Uh, obviously you weren't part of the final, but I mean, like, did you still feel quite connected to that victory? I know you went on the tour around the country or, or at least um, yeah, I spotted you in, at the Auckland one when I came and took my kids to see that mace. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? Like, um, obviously, yeah, I wasn't involved in the back end of that championship, but was lucky enough to be part of the first few games. And um yeah, just such a privilege and honour to have been part of such a successful era for New Zealand cricket in the last sort of six, seven years. And, you know, I was fortunate that, um, again, the sort of culture and then the loyalty that was created within the Black, Black Caps environment kind of ripped the rewards and us getting that um, World Test Championship was a lot of years of hard work and a lot of years of mm-hmm. investment into the players and which paid off. And... Um, yeah, amazing for the country. Amazing that we actually got something to you know show for now, not just that runners up thing in the 2019 thing, which was so close. But look, it's a Black Gifts is a wonderful environment, and the team has done tremendously well, as we all know, in the last seven eight years. And and the credit must go to the leadership group of senior players, and also the management and how they bought into the Kiwi style of play and their backing of players and all that kind of stuff factored in, you know, it's, it's, it's been awesome. And I was, I was lucky that I was part of that um, campaign. And I mean, how do you look back at your time with the Black Caps? I know you've talked quite openly in recent seasons about the challenges of kind of the way it ended, but 
I guess with a bit of space and time to reflect, like is that time something you looked at with big pride or is there still a sense of unfinished business? Yeah, how is it for you? Uh, I would say a combination of both. Um, the, the fire is still burning, to be honest. Um, and it, mm, obviously, cool. when you go, when you watch the boys on telly and you see them do well, you you want to be part of that um, that setup and you want to you want to get that feeling back again. But again, I am mm. content with what I've given to the team, and um, I I felt like I got a good opportunity, and and um, I was backed by the players no matter what. And, and the time came when I sort of had a dip in the performance and the stakes were really high with the tour to Australia. You know, the Boxing Day test had, mm. you know, sort of once in like like last 25-year event. So there was a lot of hype about that. Um, if there wasn't, then the situation could have been different and I might have got an extended go at it. But there was something I had to give at that time, especially after the loss in Perth. So I guess it was me. But um, I, I kind of accepted it, and I know that my performance is leading into that. We weren't, weren't good enough. Um, and, and also sort of I reflecting on that, I, I've got a little bit tight. You know, when you don't do well, you tense up, and you kind of go away from mm. the things that you do normally well. So having come back to domestic cricket last two or three years, that's what I've tried to focus on. I tried to play like I'm playing in a backyard. Um, without the fear of failure and um, letting go and not holding on to things too tight. And that's when you tend to play your best cricket. Um, so, and I've really enjoyed last couple of years with Northern Districts and I felt like I've put on some good performances on board and hopefully I can continue to do that and continue to sort of break the door down. And if the opportunity comes, um, I would love to give it a good crack again. Yeah. And, and how tough is, I mean, how tough is that, like transitioning your game and, and trying to take that, like trying to get your head clear. Cause I mean, I don't know. I mean, even, you know, club cricket's my, you know, sort of my level, but that it was tough to do that even at club level, you know? Yeah, I guess it is tough obviously, but then you kind of want, you have to come back to your why, why, why do you play mm. cricket? And it's all the enjoyment factor and everything else kind of becomes secondary. Um, then you, you just play the game for what it is without getting too far ahead. And sometimes those things get in the way. You know, the external pressures mm. and the other noises get along the way and you kind of get blocked by it. So when you when you come back and you sit down and you realize, what do I really want to do for the next five, six years? You know, for me, it was about enjoyment of the game and, you know, staying true to myself and playing the way that I want to play. So I know that when I lay my head on the pillow every night, I, I played the way Ajit wanted to play and you know, I can be happy with that. So that's that's sort of the mantra that I go with these days and I, I really enjoy it. So, yeah. Nice, nice. And look, I guess there's been a lot of chat recently, um, you know, in cricket circles, I guess mainly coming from England about their domestic game and the setup of all of that. How well do you think that the New Zealand domestic setup here prepares players for international cricket? I, I feel like it's it's awesome that this NZA stuff has just started back mm. up again. It felt like that was moving really in the right direction and then a couple of years of COVID sort of hit that back. But yeah, I mean, how does, you know, playing in the Plunkett Shield and Super Smash and things kind of set you up for that next level? I think it's Plunkett Shield is very underrated, to be honest. It's, it's a very high quality mm. tournament. And I know we only play eight games in a season, but those eight games are quality games and there's a lot of pride in that. And um, I know there's a lot of noise coming out of England about trimming their domestic, um, uh, their county championship mm. to in- actually increase the quality and the intensity of games. And I know Brendan is an advocate for that. And 
and we've seen the players that have come through our domestic uh, scene and, and gone on to be really successful in blank, uh, in test cricket mm-hmm. or international cricket. And I think it's uh, we have a very, very three healthy competitions and uh, that a lot of countries around the world are starting to take notice of now. And especially Super Smash, uh, Super Smash that although we don't get big crowds, uh, apparently there's close to about 20 million people that watch games um wow. each super smash games around the world um so the reach is quite mm. far and you know you, you're seeing the guys are getting opportunities around the world in the different leagues so um we have very healthy competitions and especially plunky shield i would say um it's 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 one of the best in the world and and the quality of cricket is is great so hopefully we can keep um keep sort of challenging that and keep moving against forward to produce top cricketers for new zealand yeah, yeah, that's that's uh, great to hear that. I was actually chatting to um, Dean Foxcroft mm. yesterday, and he was saying that when he was back in South Africa, he was watching the Super Smash on TV back there. So yeah, it's like you say, it's obviously getting uh, getting coverage around the world. And um, look, I we you and me have gone on off on some some good tangents here, but we should probably start looking ahead to the upcoming season. Yep. You've had a few changes to the squad ish. Moved to Canterbury, Brett Randall, who had an awesome year for you guys, I think. A bit of an underrated year last year. Moved to CD. Mm-hmm. That opened the door for a few guys. Christian Clark, Tim Pringle. Can you tell us a bit about a couple of those younger and unheralded, unheralded guys in the squad that we should start keeping Absolutely. our eye on? Absolutely. Um, obviously, Tim Pringle, we know that he, he's gone on to play for Netherlands over the winter and had done really well. And, and a fine, mm-hmm. fine... Uh, left-arm orthodox spinner who can give it a good whack with the bat. Um, and I think there's a huge future for him in the game in, in New Zealand, especially uh, with offering the left-arm spin um, and being able mm. to bat a bit as well. So, And he's, he's a very young guy. He's only 20 or 21. And he's a bit of a drifter, but I'm sure he'll he'll, he'll be all right. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, he's good. And he's getting to play in the T20 World Cup, which which can only be good yeah, for his own experience. Awesome. So um, he, he's definitely one to look out for. But this guy, Christian Clark, um, he is, is from a small town called Tiamudu. And we, we call him the mm-hmm. TS Stallion. He's is absolute workhorse. Um, <laughs> such a nice guy. But he's a true all-rounder in terms of um, he, he ball, he's a, I would say, seam bowling all-rounder. You know, presents the seam of the ball and seems to ball both ways, which is ideal for New Zealand mm-hmm. conditions. Um, and and he, can, he can bat a bit as well. So I think there's a big year for him. And uh, I can see him sort of turning into a really good all-rounder in years to come and be a, be a helping hand for the Black Caps and even be a world-class player. So, yeah, really, really good future for those two, I would say. Cool. Exciting times. We've also seen uh, another young player. You mentioned him there at the top. I think um, Matt Fisher head to uh, India with the New Zealand A. I, couldn't, I was trying to do my best to find footage of that series, but I could not find any coverage, which was a real shame. But he seemed to find some success over there at times on like pitches that I'm sure were not helpful for seem for pace bowling at, at times. But I guess without heaping too much pressure on him, what kind of role do you expect him to play for you guys this season? And and I guess um, you know, he's been talked up as a, a speedster. How quick does he kind of compare with some of the other quicks around New Zealand? Yeah, he's up there. He's up there with the likes of, you know, Ben Sears and, you know, he can he can 
he can get close to Lockie as well at times if he wants to when he clicks. So, you know, he's definitely got yeah. something about him. And But I think he's a really level-headed guy and he knows that he's got the speed on his side, but he's actually quite clever in terms of he's trying to find a new control and trying to add skills to his own game. And he's not all about just bowling out-and-out pace, which which is really good. And it will, it will only accelerate his um, development further down the track so um he's definitely uh, one to look out for as you said and um and i know he he, he did quite well in in the a series he, he bowled with some good pace and you know got some those mm-hmm. indian boys you know pushed him back a bit on the crease and you know got nicked nick them off so um yeah he had some success and so pe- people know around the trap who matt fisher is now so last year was first year yeah. for him which can be a bit easy at times so now next year the challenge will be to actually see how he he um, he combats that or he how he kind of what do you word i'm looking for is that how he f- bounces back from that sort of you know really good yep. season last year yeah nice nice and um has joe carter come back looking a million dollars in the nets he seemed to pile on those runs in those four day games yeah look joe is a wonderful player isn't he he just like to go over there in those conditions first time and and put up those runs just shows the quality of the player and I think he's the next best we have in the country in terms of the batting stocks. Um, his nice. temperament is unbelievable, and you know he's just a re- real workhorse. But he's, he's got the game to suit any different conditions, and you know. So mm. I hope that he continues his form, and you know, hopefully um, gets gets very where he should be, which is at the next level um, if the opportunity comes. But um, wonderful, and I'm really stoked for what he did over in India, and it will do his confidence world of good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, look, he's certainly put himself in the frame and for uh, for that Pakistan tour, hopefully, for, for his Absolutely, sake. Absolutely, yeah. And um, look, I, I, we sort of uh, like to also get a sense of what goes on in the squads off the mm-hmm. field. Uh, so hopefully you'll kind of indulge me with a, a few general questions. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, we talked to Dean Brownlee a couple of years ago when we did a similar, you know, around the provinces. So it'll be interesting to see if some of these similar questions are the same kind of names that, that pop up. But I think you guys have had a, a bit of a turnover, so maybe not. But um, look, let's start with the bowlers. We've kind of, everyone knows what Neil Wagner is like during the games. He celebrates his wickets with the, the passion that everyone loves. Is it the same in the nets if he comes in and nicks you off? Yeah, no, he's a little bit more, you know, calmer in the nets um uh but no he's he you know wears his sleeve on his heart um and yeah just real real competitor but even in the nets he's he's usually quite calm until you drive one then the next one is definitely you know (laughs) winning past your head so um but no he's, he's he's pretty calm in the nets yeah yeah is there someone that uh you know as soon as you get indoors all they do is just bowl bounces at you yeah, there are a couple. <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Scott Kugelin doesn't mind a bouncer, but he, he doesn't really mind what the surface yeah. is. Even when he lets him out in the outdoor <laughs> surface, a green one, spicy one, he just lets them out, uh, rips them down. But um, no, like most of the boys are pretty, pretty good. And yeah, it's not no one that stands out. How about, uh, how about the batter who, there must be a batter who turns up to the nets uh, rolls their arm over and thinks they're much better than they actually That's are. That's definitely Joe Carter. He, he, he's been to India <laughs> yeah. and he thinks he can bowl off spin now and he's just trying to talk up this biggest game. But, oh, my God, hopefully bowls <laughs> over in the game and he gets absolutely smashed. Can't wait. <laughs> it will bring him right down. The uh, 
uh, I yeah, my my biggest pet hate in nets is uh, everyone thinks that offspin's an easy uh, an easy art. Absolutely, but, uh, yeah. yeah. It's, there's a there's a lot of skill involved. <laughs> Who? Um, how about flipping it the other way around? Who's the 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 bowler that uh, that just will not give their wicket away in the nets, determined to stay in? Ooh, I would say Joel Walker. He's um, offspinner. Mm. He's a quite a stubborn bloke, and you know really. Um, gets gets fired up if he if he makes a mistake and he really puts a price on his wicket and you, you can see that when he bats out in the actual games as well you know he, he chews a lot of dot balls and scores a lot of 20s and 30s and you know you know helps guys get hundreds mm-hmm. or you know pushes the totals out so he's he's he's, he's definitely a stubborn stubborn bugger <laughs> and uh you mentioned pre-season before who's been uh kind of winning all those pre-season drills oh we've had Two TA Stallions, um, TL Murder Stallions. Um, Christian Clark <laughs> smashed all the running stuff. And this other fella, Zach yeah. Gibson, he, he, he's a um, mm. strong, strong boy. Uh, he, you know, he smashed out all the weights, weight stuff. Um, so there's something in that water in the TL Murder, eh? Just, yeah, <laughs> no. Yeah. Keep producing them. Nice, nice. Uh, who's the funniest teammate? I would say Colin de Grandhome. Um, obviously, you don't hear from him much on on the media stuff, yeah. but in behind the scenes, he's he's, he's an absolute gem. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. I wish we did get oh, to see he, that. In he the doesn't media. hold back. I tell you that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, who's the grumpiest? Grumpiest would probably have to be Anurag Verma. Um, yeah, he's always juggling four different things and trying to you know double dip here and there, and he's probably quadruple dripping somewhere and. Always not enough hours in a day for him, and yeah, yeah, or Anuraga, yeah. And um, any weird superstitions going around the ND changing room? Not that I'm aware of, no. Oh, yes, yes, there is. Uh, Scott Kugeline, um, on the mm. top of his mark, he he does this like something like that oh, yeah. and puts his left foot right, left foot first, right foot, and then sort of goes back and forward. And it's quite hilarious, actually, when he doesn't get it right in the game. It's almost <laughs> like he's lost, and it takes five minutes for him to regather what he's trying to do. And it, like boys love it; it's absolutely hilarious. So yeah, that superstition is awesome. Brilliant. And uh, which other provincial team do you guys like beating the most? Oh, I mean, it'll be not all of them, but especially Canterbury. Um, in in Canterbury. <laughs> I feel like this might have been a common answer, but you know, just because they be, they have been so strong, and you know, just something about them that that you want to beat them in their own backyard, and there's no better <laughs> feeling. Oh, it's so funny. Oh, we asked this question, yeah, all, two years ago to everyone. Everyone gave Canterbury, and it's it's happening again wow. this year. <laughs> Is, I just don't understand. I guess it. it's, Someone it's who a compliment. A I'd say there. it must be a compliment because it's something that they do really well. You know. <laughs> So, yeah, brilliant. And uh, your your favourite ground in New Zealand? Basin to play Reserve, it? love it, absolutely love it. Yeah, mm. on a nice day, which uh, there are not many, yeah. many, but hey, when there is, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. At least you don't you don't have to run yeah, exactly. into exactly run to <laughs> yeah. that wind. Yeah, and uh, and look, um, your your favourite sledge you've heard at domestic level? Favourite sledge I've heard. Um, I think. Um, someone was bowling and they just sort of chirping a bit and then uh, they told asked the bowler if they needed that long of a run up to bowl 120 k's per hour 
which was a bit of an insult. Um, I won't name the names, but um, yeah, yeah. So that was, that was quite funny in the heat of the moment. Yeah, yeah. It's always brave for a batter to uh, to sledge yes. the bowler. It's it's okay to sledge when they're bowling at 120. I tell you, that's it's, it's not too bad. <laughs> if you don't want to sledge Lockie or yeah, Sezi or someone. No, nice. And uh, look, we we'll finish with a couple of, of serious ones. As, as, as you sort of mentioned earlier, um, you know, every club wants to, or every province wants to kind of win every trophy. But is there sort of specific goals for the season that you can you can share with us for the team? Um, no, like, like, look, obviously winning would be nice, but for us, it's sort of, we've seen in the last six months, how the cricket has advanced uh, in terms of the style mm. of play and especially the scoring rates have, you know, increased in test cricket and one day cricket. And, and we want to try and sort of not to set the trend in New Zealand because already it is a trend, but, you know, try and not get too far behind in the game and make sure that we keep mm. up and stay true to that kind of style that we want to play. And, just be be entertaining and um, those those sort of the very brief goals that we've set ourselves. Um, there's nothing set in stone. It's more around the processes and efforts that we talk about that that we can control. And those, yeah, I, I won't bore you with those things. <laughs> no, 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 all good. And I mean, how about on a, a personal level? Are you someone who sets goals? Have you kind of got specific runs, targets in your mind, and, and those kind of things that you want to achieve? Yeah, look, um, I would love to get. Uh, just looking at 10,000 first class runs, it'd be, it'd be a good milestone for mm. me uh, personally. Uh, and then I want to try and get that average above 40, um, especially as a top order batsman. There are not many in New Zealand that have done then over the this many years. So it would be nice to have that sort of benchmark um, that, that drives mm. me in terms of my personal goals um, and, and keep evolving and keep improving my game in white ball stuff. And I know there's a lot of white ball cricket coming up next winter with the World Cup. ODI World Cup and stuff and who, who knows where it can take you so if you can put up some good numbers and you know get on a bit of a roll um, just, there's always hope um, I believe in that so you never say never while you're playing and you know so yeah Nice, nice and look look, I should definitely let you go Jeet it's been you know a real pleasure catching up again after quite a long time and um, and giving me some insight into the ND squad so yeah I mean thanks again for, for joining us on the show and, and you know all the best for the upcoming season, eh? Yeah, I hope you go really nah, well. Cheers, too. Thanks, man. And listeners of the show, look out for, for plenty more episodes coming up over the next few weeks and months. We've got players and coaches from all around the domestic circuit. We're kind of aiming to touch base with all six provinces. You'll see uh, us chatting regularly about the T20 World Cup. We'll see more of our Hall of Fame series. We're down to the, the business end now as we've got down to the top 10 in our uh, best men's test cricketers of all time, according to, to Baldi's algorithm. And you'll find details about how to contact us in the sh- episode show notes. We just absolutely love it, kind of hearing from from people all around the world. So, yeah, if you could give us a like and subscribe and share and uh, all of that good stuff and, um, yeah, contact us, it'd be fantastic. So thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you again soon. Mm-hmm.